Chapter 8. The title of this chapter is so alarming I've decided not to include it. I've also decided not to repeat the terrible threats that Dr. L and Mrs. Mavace screamed when they realized that Cass was holding the magician's notebook because it would give you nightmares. Neither will I describe how the creepy couple searched the neighborhood for over an hour while Cass and Max Ernest hid terrified in the bushes. Although I will tell you there was an especially scary moment when Dr. L and Miss Mavace were standing only inches from Cass and Max Ernest. Sebastian almost gave them away by growling at the magician's cat who happened to be skulking nearby, but then the cat bolted, which caused Miss Mavace to jump back in fright which caused Dr. L to laugh at her, which caused Miss Maves to call him nasty names, which caused them both to turn away from the bushes. In the end, suffice to say, our heroes acted very bravely, or at least very patiently, and they outweighed their, and, and they outweighed their pursuers. I'm also happy to report that neither Cass nor Max Ernest ever considered giving up the notebook, although neither could have said exactly why if you asked them. When they reached Max Ernest's house, his parents were naturally distressed to see their son's clothes torn and soiled, not to mention the scratches all over his arms and legs, but they were so unused to the situation that they didn't know how to react. Is this how kids always look after they go out? asked his mother. Kids will be kids, er, won't they, kids? asked his dad. Yes, mom, that's right, dad, said Max Ernest, making sure to answer each parent separately. Cass left Sebastian with his two bowls of water, then followed Max Ernest upstairs. As soon as Max Ernest closed his bedroom door, his room was carefully positioned so that it was divided equally between each parent's half of the house. Cass sat down on the floor and pulled the notebook out of her backpack. What do you think could be in here that they want so badly? Paper? That's what's usually in a notebook, Max Ernest pointed out. Cass rolled her eyes. Um, I think it's probably something the magician wrote. Duh. She opened the notebook on the floor and flipped through the pages so they both could see what was inside. That's all? asked Max Ernest. Cass shrugged. She had to agree it was a bit of a letdown. All the pages were blank, except the first. Cass wrote the lines scrawled across it. She looked over at Max Ernest to see if he would contradict her, but he wasn't paying attention to her anymore. He was staring at the notebook. It's so obvious, he said. I can't believe I didn't see it before. What? Look how all the capitalized words look the same. Listen and silent, schoolmaster and the classroom, dictionary and indicatory. Yeah, they're anagrams. Right, said Cass nodding. Then she asked, What's an anagram? It's when two words have all the same letters, but in different order. Then when one word spells another word backward, it's kind of a mirror writing like a palindrome. Cass cut him off before he could start another lecture. Okay, I get it. They're all anagrams. Even the numbers, Max Ernest continued. 11 plus 2 is like 12 plus 1. Only two capitalized words don't have an anagram. Then unread, Cass finished Cass, growling excited. We have to figure out an anagram for then unread. Max Ernest found a piece of paper and they started trying different letter combinations. Cass had done this before with her grandfathers when they played Boggle and Scrabble. The dear nun ran the dune, eat rude n, red nut he na, tree had none, and so on. Most combinations were total gibberish, and none worked when you tried to put them into the magician's sentence. 
They thought they might have it with hunt a deer or heat under, but then they realized both combinations were missing an N. All the while, Max Ernest kept talking to himself. Can't you keep your mouth closed for even a second, said Cass. But I think I've got it, said Max Ernest, trying to talk through his teeth. What? It's underneath, exclaimed Max Ernest, giving up on keeping his mouth closed because he was much too excited. If you want to read my book, just look underneath. How about that? Cass nodded. Yeah, that must be it. Like underneath the ground, I guess. Do you think he buried it somewhere? They didn't have any time to discuss the matter further because Cass's mother had arrived to take Cass and Sebastian home. Despite having to leave Max Ernest just after they decoded this magician's secret message, Cass was very glad to see her mom. It had been a long and scary day and a hug had rarely felt so good. But there was sadness in the hug too. More than anything, Cass wanted to tell her mother everything that had happened at the magician's house, but she couldn't. There were two good reasons not to tell. One, she had lied about her plans for the day and her mother would be angry and possibly ground her. Two, her mother would worry about her safety and wouldn't let her investigate further, grounded or not. As you might have guessed, Cass's mother wasn't as easy to put off as Max Ernest's parents when it came to the condition of her child's clothing. But Cass told a story about chasing the blind dog through the park that was so long and involved that her mother gave up trying to understand and just said she was glad Cass was okay and the state of her clothing wasn't important. Cass knew her mother well enough to know when something was on her mind. Sure enough, her mother didn't get out of the car when they got home. Instead, she turned and looked at Cass and said she had something to tell her. At first, Cass thought her mother was going to tell her something really terrible, like that she was getting married or dying of some rare fungus. How could she have not seen this coming? She, Cassandra, the one who predicted everything, and her mom had fallen in love and she hadn't even known? As it turned out, the news wasn't so terrible. Her mother was going away on a business trip to Hawaii. The insurance company she worked for was sending her to a conference on risk assessment, which sounded kind of interesting, in Honolulu, and she was going to stay an extra couple days so she could spend a little downtime, which sounded boring, on the beach. Grandpa Larry and Grandpa Wayne had agreed to let Cass stay with them while her mother was away. Cass couldn't have been more surprised if her mother had announced she was flying to the moon. She hardly ever traveled, and she never traveled without Cass. No doubt her mother was interested in traveling. You could even say it was a hobby of sorts. She was famous for her collection of travel guides, and her friends always asked her for help planning their trips. But from the best beaches in Costa Rica to the coziest cabins in Colorado, no matter where you were going, Cass's mother had a book on the subject. She had guides to trekking in Nepal, even though she'd never gone on a single hike in her life, and maps for helicopter skiing in Canada, even though she was afraid of flying and she didn't like the snow. To Cass, nothing was more torturous than hearing about all these famous places she would never get to see. To her mother, books were better than travel. Who needs to go somewhere when you can read all about it, her mother liked to say. You don't even have to wait in line at the airport. Now, finally, her mother had decided to take a vacation, or at least to add a vacation into a work trip, and Cass wasn't invited. I know it doesn't seem fair, her mother said, but it's not just not practical. Next time you'll come, I promise. 
Once she got over the shock, Cass assured her mother that the Hawaiian work plus vacation trip was no problem. I'll be okay, she said. Anyways, I like staying with Grandpa Larry and Grandpa Wayne because they let me do whatever I want. Just kidding. Thank you for being so mature and understanding, said her mother, hugging Cass for the third time as in as many minutes. Her mother might have might not have been so grateful had she known that Cass was thinking while they were hugging. The reason Cass was being so mature and understanding was that she had come to the conclusion that the timing of her mother's trip was perfect. In reality, she hadn't been kidding when she said her grandfather's let her do whatever she wanted. With her mother gone, it would be so much easier to go back to the magician's house and start digging, and then to solve the mystery of his death, and then to save the rest of the world from suffering the same fate, and then to have everyone know what a hero she was and that her predictions were real and that she wasn't just crying wolf.